welcome to the FE Research Podcast with Joe and Alistair, a podcast that aims to shine a light on the practitioner inquiry, scholarship and research being carried out within further education. That would be a sunshine way of introducing them to the GCSE English curriculum and get their engagement and win them over before we start on the GCSE English curriculum, which we have to do. Welcome to the FE Research Podcast. My name is Joe Fletcher Saxon, and my other half in podcasting world is it's Alistair Smith. Hello, Joe. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. Thanks. Okay. And today we have with us not just the one and only—is that the right word? One and only Elizabeth Draper. Welcome. Thank you very much, Joe. And it's really fantastic to have this opportunity to be part of your fantastic podcasting initiative for FE. Um, so if I just introduce myself briefly, um, I've been teaching for over 27 years in English. English is my specialist subject and I've been head of English for um, about eight or nine years at Ashton Sixthorn College and I was director of English at Warrington and Vale Royal College until February the 29th this year when I decided to cut myself loose and become a freelance um, English um, coach, mentor, writer, researcher and also curriculum development work which I'm doing for OCR exam board to do with post-16 GCSE English curriculum. So obviously I've worked in A-levels um, and GCSE and all other kinds of dimensions of English for many, many years. But my particular um, subject of interest now and something that I'm really sort of um, feel very strongly about, well, there are two things. One is um, the GCSE reset um, situation and the other is uh, student action research and student to student consultation and enabling students to participate in an active way in terms of um, curriculum development and for me in relation to GCSE Reset English um, and this is um, current work I've been doing over the past couple of years but I've also worked for a number of years with the Institute of Education and Sussex University in another life on student action research um, okay. and I'm hoping to talk a bit about that today. Uh, blimey, it. do you know that is the longest introduction with, wow, wow. That's <laughs> English teachers for you. It is, isn't it? You're fitting like all the, all the, all the years of your career into a, into a bit of a paragraph there. Okay, well look, what you're here um, to talk about today um, is an OTLA, is that right? An OTLA research project. So those are um, the um, action research projects that get um, funded by the Education and Training Foundation. People can't see on the podcast, but Elizabeth is waving a book at me. And it's the, the I called it a tomb, didn't I? Is that a tome? Tome? What's yeah. the word? Tome, tomb? Tome will no. do. Tome. Of um, all the OTLA um, research projects that you know were done last year. And you're going to tell us about the one that you were involved in. So do you want to tell me about how, how, that, how that came about? Why on earth you were looking at the topic you were? Okay, so a couple of years ago, I put in an application um, for um, funding from the um, Educational Training Foundation for a research project. And since then, I've been involved in two research projects with the part of the OTLA programme, as you said, um, which were all to do with uh, post-16 GCSE resets and about rethinking the English classroom, reimagining the English classroom. 
and the, the second project partly shifted and changed, um, inspired and prompted by the FE Reimagine uh, conference that we had in Birmingham last year, which, which is a brilliant experience. And I was um, one of the conveners. And through that whole process, I kind of refocused my thinking for project two, which was about reimagining the GCSE classroom and digital technology. Uh, but also the thread running through both projects was um, involving student action research and students talking to students about the GCSE reset experience um, in order for us to reflect and review our provision at the college at Warrington and Vale Royal College, but also more broadly to inform a, a wider um, audience about the issues um, concerning GCSE resets and um, through conversation, initiating um, change, hopefully, um, where, where the students have a voice in what is going on. So that's, in essence, um, you know, the starting point anyway. Okay, okay. And, and so, just to say the funding obviously was accepted. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now, I know with your um, projects, they were sort of fairly short term. This year's rolling out a one-year project, which I think might make a, re a real difference. But So tell us what actually happened then. What were you uh, rolling out across college and how were you leading this inquiry or investigation into the impact of it? Okay, so arguably over two, two years, two different projects, um, what we did was we coordinated with a number of different cross-college um, areas, both curriculum and in terms of student services, student support, um, because we needed to involve a lot of people in, in the project uh, before we set it up. And um, what we did was we identified our more vulnerable students who were the GCSE research students, um, and the students who we find most challenging in, our, in, our, in the curriculum, and they are the construction students. So I, we identified a cohort of construction students to be the students who are being researched. And then through the student council, um, we, um, we managed to engage a number of students to become the student researchers. And then we, we set up the student researchers, and we gave them training, well, I, gave, I delivered training, um, over um, on in each for each year over a number of weeks as we were preparing them to actually go and consult with our GCSE research students and what we were exploring was you know attitudes to English that the students bring with them to the research class um, their responses to questions about their experiences of English at school so we gave them a survey to, to kickstart the whole project we then asked them about their attitudes towards English in FE classes. And then we asked them about their feelings about the compulsory element of the GCSE English reset, to take or not to take, that is the question, what's their view? And all of these, all of these questions were, were being asked, were, were, were being asked by the student researchers. But I have to say the student researchers devised their own questions having themselves been given plenty of opportunity to consider and reflect their own experiences of English. Mm. So they, they actually responded to the similar survey to the students who were being researched so they could you know, work through the process themselves. And through that, they devised their own questions. Mm. Uh, we've thematically organized it all um, in dialogue. Mm. And then they went into the, uh, they went into one-to-one -one or focus groups with the construction students recording the conversations 
um, and then um, we then transcribed the conversations, discussed them, drew, drew out common themes, wrote them up, uh, delivered them as presentations both at the ETF but also to the student council, um, the senior managers, the principal, everyone you know got to hear that and the idea is and, ha and you know was that the findings would inform st strategic thinking and also curriculum thinking in terms of you know within the English department in terms of how we were going to move forward to improve the experience of GCSE research students. Okay. Um, yeah, and we involved the construction teachers, you know, everyone was involved in the project and it was very, the relationship between construction and English was very visible to the students as well, which was really important. Yeah. So uh, I think that's probably quite unique in terms of what we've heard so far on the podcast about having a group of students as researchers talking to other students, because I would assume you're going to get different, quite rich conversations, student to student compared to the teacher going in i'm imagining that's um, right but what, um, what what kind of things then were the construction students saying what were the themes that you pulled out well you know when they were talking about their experience of english at school um if for us having been involved in this for many many years some of the findings weren't that surprising to us but some of them were quite shocking nevertheless so for example most if not all of them had been in the equivalent of you know bottom sets at school and they, their experience they did feel that they had been quite abandoned by the system because the majority had no hope no hope in quotation marks of getting a grade four or above and they felt the school was very much their schools were very much focusing on the grade four or the grade three four boundary students and they felt a bit left behind in some cases, students told us how they were actually annexed off from the, from the rest of the area into different buildings. So they were taught English in different buildings. So that, I mean, you know, quite shocking, but so that when inspectors or anyone came, they were just kind of hidden away. Mm. Um, so it was really like they were, a, they were kind of a badge of shame, you know, that whole kind of thing. So hardly conducive to, to boosting their self-esteem and confidence around the subject of English. I have to say in brackets, also referred to maths. And they, you know, anyway, mm. in terms of their, their experience. Um, so very poor quality um, and very disengaging experience of the subject in terms of how they felt. Um, they also, some of them said, they sabotaged their own performance in class because they really struggled with English. They, they found it very hard to get on with the curriculum, you know, dealing with 19th century texts and so on in this very archaic and 1950s model of English that we have in the current GCSE curriculum. Um, and so in order to deal with that, they were just sabotaged and, and then they would find themselves excluded or having detentions. Um, and some of that would spiral um, and have a very ne negative impact on their cross school performance. Mm. And then when they came to the FE College, because they were primarily, you know, on their construction, their plumbing, their motor vehicle, their carpentry and joinery, electrical courses, obviously they're not interested in English. They don't want to do English. It has no relevance to their courses that they really want to be getting on with. But they, they're lumbered. They have to go along to these classes again. And because it's very linear, there's no coursework element. Speaking and listening isn't validated in a legitimate way which could be some of their strengths actually because they're very some of them are very very vocal but maybe not so good with reading and writing um 
you know, then we, we engaged the conversation with them about that, all the students did, and they did agree that their experience of English, despite what I've just said, was much more positive because the classes were smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, the teachers at our college anyway, are much, we've got a whole rolling program of enabling one-to-one -one feedback, you know, very much so, because that's really important. So, and, and using the digital, more engaging for them. Um, so they had an improved experience in terms of relationship with teachers, in terms of trying to eke out relevance with their own vocational subjects, which isn't easy given we've only got about eight months to work through the reset curriculum, which is very, as I said, you know, quite archaic. Um, but so they had a much more positive attitude despite the compulsory element and they knew they had to get it for their level two apprenticeship you need to get onto apprenticeships they have to get their their level two or their grade four um and qualification so um anyway they um yeah i'm losing my thread now it's <laughs> okay. okay so you mentioned the digital there and i recall you saying when we've talked before about um there's some kind of digital app or something. Do you want to tell us? Yes. So part of the ETF funding went into investing in the GCSE pod, which is a, a pod that enables you to particularly tailor your um, your skills and your needs in terms of the GCSE curriculum to to the areas that you really need to work on. This is the students. And it's something you, it's an app you can put on your phone. And it's something that you can do outside of the classroom, but also it can be used in our, if for us, we had workshop style teaching because we redesigned our curriculum in reimagining GCSE English during this, these two years of projects. And so the students could um, also download the app in class if it was appropriate. And, you know, they would do these sort of various different units. And then depending on how they perform, the GCSE pod would evaluate and then download other you know, um, exercises and units to do in areas that they identify that they're falling down on, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so it's much more student friendly, much more t individually tailored to their needs. Mm -hmm. um, and the students all, you know, react, responded very positively to that. And the uptake was very good. And you can also track student engagement, you know, at, you know, on them through the GCSE pod as a teacher. Mm -hmm. So... Okay. So okay, just, just stepping away from the actual research projects at the moment, and Alistair will ask you a bit more about it in a minute, but I, I just wanted to finish by asking you about how um, having um, teachers involved in research was viewed at the college or and how you know, staff were supported with that. I think so much depends on your principal. And we were incredibly fortunate that we have a very sort of dynamic and innovative um, you know, principal who's very supportive of, of teacher research and and also student to student research in Nicola Newton, who's the principal at Warrington and Vale Royal College, um, and that makes a huge difference. And I was part of the senior leadership team, which I also think had a massive help. You know, it's you know um, because I could instigate the stuff that needed to happen at a senior level. Um, but also the English team were very much behind that because it, it kind of linked with work that I've been developing in terms of our reading campaign, which is very collaborative cross college that I've been doing over a number of years as well. So I'd already instituted a culture of collaboration with the English and the rest of the college and I had quite a very high profile, which I'd done a lot of work on. Um, and I think it was really important working collaboratively with the construction lot 
and very much face-to-face. -face. I hate email culture. I'm very much a face-to-face -face person. So I'd go and walk into the, you know, electrical workshops and talk to the teachers and the students in situ, if you like. Mm. Um, but also the student services, student, you know, the tutors, um, all of the, you know, everyone who was involved. It was it was built on a collaborative culture that's already there really. yeah well i think i mean you're using the word that again comes up in in many of the podcasts which is about a culture yeah and and i think when there's a culture of all sorts of things but a culture of research being built built up then then it makes it all that more you know possible and successful really and i have to say can i just say joe to that that the educational training foundation has been instrumental mm. because through getting the, the through the formal process of an application which has to go through you know, your senior leadership team and the principal has to validate it it gives you that external profile and value and, and a little bit of extra edge with all everyone in the college because they oh you know external oh right you've been funded um, and that really does help a massive amount in terms of you know activating research and so on mm. okay i'm going to pass you over to um alistair now for a number of questions yeah thanks so much elizabeth so i'm listening to what you were telling us about the project there's a lot of similarities that that um i was kind of picking out from a, a maths project that i was involved in and certainly like with the the students experience being kind of key to that um was important so I wonder if there's any kind of literature that informed your thinking around that or certainly getting the, the student voice on, on board or if that's just something that happened organically. Well, as I say, I've, I've spent a number of years um, when I was working at, a, at different colleges um, working on student action research and I worked with Michael Fielding, who's quite a lead, who was quite a leading figure in this, um, down at in Sussex University and in the Institute of Education. And... Um, in fact, I've written an article for RAPAL um, and you know, where there is a bibliography that leads you to all the kind of key thinkers um, who, who have influenced my thinking, absolutely. But Michael Fielding is one of the major ones. Um, I mean, there are, there, are, uh, there are books by, um, I can't recall them off the top of my head, but Jean McNeith, lots of people have written about student action research um in recent years as i say it's and and joan roddick i think it is at, at cambridge i mean a number of people and then more recently uh, in terms of my thinking i've been looking to, to um people like barbara blyman in um what matters in english teaching which is a, a very recent publication which is absolutely fantastic and a handbook for all english teachers and in that she does talk about how important it is to have conversations with students um and um, how conversations take you forward. And, and you know, we all know students at the center of everything. Um, and then Deborah Kidd, who writes about a curriculum of hope. And in that, I just want, could I read you a quick quote from Deborah Kidd that is relevant yes. to what you're yeah, saying? Please do, yeah. Uh, she says, too often as teachers, we focus on content to be delivered and too little on the recipient. Teaching is about being attentive to the conditions and the needs of those recipients. Yes, it's hard, but there is no point in planting a sun-loving plant in the shade. And I very much think the GCSE reset students are sitting in the bleep, bleep, bleep shade. Um, and I feel so strongly, like many English and maths GCSE reset students, that that is the case and they need to be brought out of the shade into the sunshine and i think student action research is one massive way you know contributing thread in that kind of 
cliched thing journey you know yeah well of course it's never going to be the kind of the the perfect answer for all of them but i wonder um during the process of the research were you able to bring any of the individuals that you spoke to kind of out of the shade and, and into the sunshine uh, yes i really do think so i think the whole process and i really you know one of the things i write in this paper that, that's being published in rapal is is it would that one of the ways forward would be, would be to make part of the english curriculum at the very beginning of the course in part of the induction is for students to carry out action research themselves as a way of inducting them into reading writing speaking and listening skills um, and uh, because through that they engage because we listen to the elephant in the room which is their experience of english at school how they have in quotes failed um, and we try and kind of talk with them about that um, and also through that process you can weave in and out of that metacognition get them to think about the way in which they learn best and a student action research process enables them through the diversity of skills that are being used to develop those skills and then for us to say look this is what you need for your English GCSE however in that dark cupboard we've got to drag out the chain, the ball and chains of the GCSE curriculum. But anyway, uh, but that would be a sunshine way of introducing them to the GCSE English curriculum and get their engagement and win them over before we start on the GCSE English curriculum, which we have to do. You know, and I'm not, I don't want to say, I mean, it's hugely valuable GCSE English. We know that and that's very, very important. But what is our issue is, is the element of choice. They are forced. And that's what I feel needs to shift. And that our young people who want to be plumbers and so on, if they want to do the GCSE now or later, brilliant. But if not, let's find a different way of engaging them with our fantastic subject and give them a different qualification that might be a stepping stone. I know there's functional skills, you know, okay. But it's this, it's this compulsory element that's, that's the problem, I think, as well as the English curriculum. So to the, thinking about that and the, the barriers that exist, it, it makes sense really that those skills that you mentioned, the speaking, the listening, the writing, and, and, and those essential communication skills for everything um, would kind of link in nicely and underpin so many other subject areas and other areas of research. So what are, my question here really was, you know, what should FE uh, lecturers be researching? Do, are you thinking that those crossover with those skill sets is kind of super important at the moment? I think it is. I think it really is. I think, you know, we've got the T levels coming in at some point. I think, you know, there are so many skills that students have that are English, that are crop. They, they're everything, aren't they? They are in everything, as with maths. They're in everything. And it's raising that awareness, which I have spent many years doing in the FE colleges. So that research around raising the awareness of how integral and cross-curricular and relevant English skills are, um, and, and through that engaging everyone on Project English, which is an innovative, should be an innovative, dynamic, um, imaginative, as well as you know, hard, gritty work uh, subject, but what's happened is the hard grit seems to be all it is at the moment. And so action research is a way of including the grit, but enabling all the other stuff to get out into the sunshine um, and through that engaging students so much more because our big, big issue is student disengagement. 
And it's because we're not valuing the skills that they are bringing. We're not validating their skills. We're trying to shoehorn them into something that actually is quite alien to them, clearly. And schools have not managed to do that because of league tables and all the rest of it. It's such an assessment-driven culture um, and a, an acronym-driven culture um, in terms of GCSE. They learn all the acronyms and they, they go through this mechanical process but meaning is lost and engagement is lost. And that's what's so tragic. And Barbara Blyman has been doing huge amounts of work on this. And her, her latest book, What Matters in English Teaching, is kind of addressing that as well. That's really interesting you say that because I was having a conversation with my um, younger daughter who will be going into to year seven in September. And I was talking to her about her English that she's doing at the moment. And she told me she had an acronym to follow, but couldn't quite remember what the letters meant, which which just gave me this fear of kind of the formulaic process. So um, you can have a guess what we'll be working on over the over the summer, Elizabeth. And it's of course, so sad. It's just so dreadful. It just breaks my heart. You know, um, I mean, what matters in English, as Barbara Blyman is saying, and I agree with her, we're in this accountability culture that's the death knell of such a creative and innovative subject that it should be, which isn't to deny you need to know basic foundations of sentences and paragraphs and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, the mechanics, but not to the detriment of creativity and creative writing and freedom to express yourself and learn the you know how to talk and listen and debate and discuss and explore and question you know yeah. the rules and are there but then forever. Sorry. yeah no the rules are there but you have to to kind of teach them to play around with them a little bit as well don't you so um i think the next question on the list really is have you got any top tips for any teachers or lecturers interested in practitioner research and what they might be able to to jump straight in with i think one of my top tips would be to plug into a network um, and not be scared to do that. Say you've never done anything like this before, but you've got some ideas, something you feel really strongly about. If you hear of anyone, you know, m like myself, um, at Draperell, Twitter handle, jump on that, then I can direct you to other people or Joe or yourself. Um, it's to plug into a network is very, very important. If you have, if you've already worked out, if you've got some ideas you feel strongly about, then plug into a research network and they are all out there um and there is a hashtag uh, sorry there is a, a twitter handle which is called team english fe at team english fe again go to that do not underestimate the power in terms of communication network and support network of twitter because that can we can then direct you to the appropriate people and it can go on from there but the other thing i would say is i've written a number of articles for the tes don't be afraid to write things down. Send them to the editor of TESFE. Um, if you're not sure about that, you don't have confidence for whatever, or lack of experience rather, then contact myself or Joe or you, or again, someone on Twitter, say, I've written an article, what do I do? And we can direct you. Um, because if you've got something to say, write it down, because it'll be important and it matters. There's such a rich lot of resources and materials that all of, all of us and expertise that teachers have got. So write them down and get them published in TES. And that can be a springboard to research, you know, or even, or, or, or you know, you know, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what that's I would really, say. Really good, really good. Um, so what's next for you now then, Elizabeth, do you think? Okay, well, I'm doing 
doing some curriculum development work with work with OCR to do with post 16 English, um, making English more, more accessible in terms of um, their own curriculum, which I'm very much enjoying. Um, I'm also working on a, a, a book um, with other people collaboratively um, about obviously everything to do with English. Um, I'm um, doing my own writing. I've just finished writing an article for this Rapal journal. And it does take a long time draft. I must say, I found the editing process fantastic. Working with another colleague. I mean, I can tell just anyone who's listening. Um, if you are doing an article for an academic journal, the experience of um, editing is actually a very positive one. Um, and uh, and it, yeah, just continuing on my sort of campaign um, about reconfiguring and rethinking and reimagining the GCSE English curriculum particularly for, for post 16 and bigging up the profile. So I'm being, I'm trying to get my voice over in, in through the English Association um, and using any forum that I can, can find um, to deliver presentations. I delivered a presentation to the OCR last November about all of this and they responded very warmly and I made quite a few very useful connections in, uh, there. So, you know, um, there's lots, I mean, there's so much to do basically. And, you know, I, I also see myself as a role as coach and mentor, and I've been approached by various people um, to do some mentoring and coaching of, of teachers and yeah, so. Wow. Excellent, really wow. busy ahead. <laughs> You're not slowing down at all, are you? Yeah. No, well, I feel very, you know, strongly about it all. You do, you do. Um, and your passion really comes through. And it, I really like the idea of, and I'd sort of not really thought of it in this way till I heard you talk about it. The, the, the idea of taking the, that, that sort of deficit model of taking GCSE research students out from the dark and making them shine, them being an army of student research. Absolutely. I mean, that is, that is just so exciting. Mm. I, think, look, I think we're coming to the end now. Could I finish with, um, yeah, with another reading? Your final, give us your final words. Go for okay. it. Uh, I just wanted to quote from this wonderful collection by Barbara Blyman, which I've mentioned before, called What Matters in English Teaching. And it's, it's again going back to the idea of student action research, but also listening to students and its relevance to English, which is such an incredible subject and highly relevant. So she's quoting um, an education called Appleby. Um, and it's, it's directed at new students to English. And it says, the quote is, English is like a long conversation through time. Like any conversation, it moves over various linked themes. It has quarrels and agreements. People talk at the same time, struggle to be heard or shout louder and louder to dominate the debate. People suggest fresh ideas. What about this? Or respond to earlier ones. Can we just go back on, back to, sorry. There are newer and older participants. Like all proper conversations, part of it concerns the point of the conversation itself. Can we please focus on why we are discussing this? And now you, doing English, have joined this conversation and will change what's said next. And I think that's really what I would like to finish on is the fact that that students are agents of change as are teachers and the relationship between student and teachers is a dynamic that creates and generates that change but we've got this brick wall at the moment which is the GCSE English curriculum for post 16 anyway 
that we need to kind of break through so that we can make things more relevant and meaningful for our young people as they go forward. Thank you so much. And you are breaking through. You can just hear it today. So look, thank you for being here on the podcast. Um, thank you very much. It's been a fantastic opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing your research journey and findings and uh, for that fantastic reading to end on as well, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Bye. Bye, Bye for now. You've been listening to the FE Research Podcast. You can follow the conversations on Twitter using the hashtag FE Research Podcast. Thanks for listening and hopefully you can join us again soon.